the Caradon Overlords podcast. I'm Lee, the Arkham Admiral, and joining me uh, today we have our resident uh, Lord Magnate, Alexander Cron. Hey. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Um, also joining us today is our resident half couple Berserker, Hayden. G'day, g'day, g'day. How's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. <sighs> um, okay, so today we're going to talk about getting started with Caradon Overlords. Woohoo! Been a few new people coming recently. Yeah. Probably thanks to certain events up in Canada. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I think where do you guys want to start? Um, so I think we probably want to start with buying tips, but I guess to kind of understand buying tips. Um, you kind of need to understand the units a little bit. Yeah. Although, um, can I just say something first before we start going into units? Yeah. So I'm um, like, so the first point that I want to make to any person trying to get into KO is that you know, because obviously you have to understand the units, but you have to understand the army as a whole. Um, mm. And all I can say is KO is awesome in regards to their model selection and their play style. However, they can be very punishing to the player. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you have to be very careful about what you're doing, so so it's um, so it's great risk to a lot of reward. That, yeah. That's all I'm going to say in regards to that. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it's a difficult army to master. However, if you're really, really keen on KO and you really love them, go for it, man. You know, it just means that just be prepared to get your face kicked in a couple of times when you're starting <laughs> off. After that, yeah. once you start picking up, you know, the tricks. Yeah, and it's it's a strange one because there are some elements of it that are relatively easy. Like people always say, shooting is like a no skill game. But yeah, it really, really is. Like, well, it it it, it requires skill. Yeah, yeah. Target priority, very important. Yeah, mm-hmm. like bit of units. And it's not quite as simple as point and click because when you've got a uh, four inch movement, you kind of be, need to be thinking uh, one or two turns ahead um, about where you're going to go because if not, you're not going to be in range of things. Yeah. And and you equally, you don't want to end up uh, being receiving a charge. Yeah, exactly. So you really have to be careful about your order of activation as well, especially with yeah. that shoot, shoot target priority. So you need to yeah. fire what targets you're, shoot, you're shooting at through order of activation. So let's say you've got a big unit of arsenals. You know, mm. they might need to max something first so that you can get to another thing and I don't know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you don't want to leave your short-range guns without anything to shoot, really. Yeah, exactly. The short-range stuff with your long-range weapons and... Vice versa. Yeah, you really need to maximise your firepower at all. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Putting the most amount of firepower on the least on the on their weakest point, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Okay. 
Um, so, in terms of uh, units, which ones do you guys think are like the, the must buys? Uh, well, you've obviously got your one um, <laughs> battle line, which is the Arcanauts. And even yeah. for a new player, I would recommend buying three of those boxes so you can... Yeah. Um, that Because that helps with the heavy weapons. Um, yeah. You get one of each type of weapon in a box. So if you buy three boxes, you can give each unit three of each weapon because that's, that's the optimal loadout as the book stands at this moment. Yeah. I know people have been saying that's going to change. Um, and it might definitely with how with um, the current trends in rules updates, but at the moment, yeah. that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Even um, though it'll yeah, give you a spot of three sky pikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like um, because we're same. Like, even if you're playing like a thousand point game or something like that, you know that means that you'll still have the option to um to really load up one unit for full of stuff yeah. and then have another. Ringer, so you you, yeah. you know, so you can have a lot of firepower in one u unit at, at a very low point game. Yeah, yeah, and actually, even if you're like, because the argument would be the only reason you'd want only two boxes of Arcanauts would be if you're playing a thousand points. But I find if I'm playing a thousand points, I actually normally upgrade one of those to a twenty man unit anyway. At yeah, least. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Definitely, free box for Arcanauts is a great way to start. Um, what about things to avoid? Um, <coughs> when masters. you're just starting off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gun haulers. Um, gun haulers. Okay. The only really way to use those is in that um, battalion, and that requires a lot yeah. of models. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I'm um, like because I mean, like obviously we we are talking about it in a competitive sense, which is mm. you know where KO are going to perform anyway. But but like but in the end, if, if you guys are more interested in just playing you know fun games over that, take those you know take those dudes you know take gun haulers. You might not yeah. win a lot, but at least they're going to look cool in the game. But um, competitively, yeah. 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 Um. Okay. I guess if you start out at like a thousand points, you might not need a chemist. At a thousand points, mm. I'm pretty sure that a chemist is gonna. Well, as the book stands now, a chemist is gonna be a must take for any point level. I, I would say, yeah. at least one or two. Uh, I, yeah, I've okay. always had a chemist in my one thousand point list, but. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe if you played Monar, you might not need one. Yeah, true, actually. Um, we're getting lots of echoes. I don't know why that is. Probably because of me. Have you got headphones in, Hayden? Yes, they are. It's just I'm outside ah. having a vape at the moment. Um, I've got headphones in. <laughs> oh. oh, hang on. <laughs> Which is a new thing for me. But yay. Is it? It's normally if someone doesn't have headphones, we get echoes, but 
if we're all wearing headphones. <laughs> it's possibly just the internet, mate. Yeah. The strange ether void that is the internet. Okay, well, moving on from technical difficulties. Um, yeah. So, Andrew Masters and Gun Haulers were saying if you want to have a strong performing army that you want to avoid, um, yeah. I would yeah. add possibly admirals and navigators. Yeah, fair. Uh, well, I don't know, navigators, maybe admirals, definitely not. Yeah. <coughs> yeah um, the, the Admiral's only real use at the moment is for Battleshock. Yeah. But even then, I don't really see any other use from Navigator. Right. Um, can be quite can be useful for his unbind, um, yeah. which is cool. Um, especially if you pair that with Barrack Nah, where you can get you know m- multiple yeah. unbinds and stuff like that. Um, and also the movement buff would be really good as well. Um, yeah. But apart from that, um, just for his points. Yes, yeah, so, so, yeah. sorry, yeah, correction, yeah. Um, and he's he's a nice, tough, little, cheap HQ. Good yeah. at low points. Yeah. But, uh, from a starting point, I wouldn't recommend those as like, oh yeah, go out and buy that hero as your first hero. Yeah. Um, like they're, not, and... they're not so bad as in like if you've got them that you're never going to use them. But... Yeah. Yeah. And chemist is probably what you want as your first hero. Yeah. Um, but the problem with the things that we've been saying, uh, to not to get the um, gun hauler and the <laughs> Endwin master, both yeah. of those can be found in the start collecting box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was exactly the worst my start collecting box ever. ever. So, so good, good. Tip for the people start collect starting to collect cows and overlords. Don't get the start collecting box. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing with the start collecting box is it it is good value for money. Uh, yeah. If you want <coughs> sky riggers and thunderers, then you kind of might as well get it because then you get a load of other stuff free. Yeah, and I mean, like, it could possibly, and this is obviously wish listing here, but it could be a sign for things to come with the new book. Yeah, although it is like two years old now, that start collecting box, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Never yeah. mind then, disregard. Um, but that was it. Well, that's what started off the whole, all the uh, funders and gun haulers battle line rumors. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, which are Thunderers definitely, way, gun haulers not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's good value for money, but it's unfortunately because you don't get your battle line units. No, I would say it's more for adding to your collection rather than starting your collection. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's um, the other box set as well, which if you want to do some hunting around on the internet or phoning around lots of shops, you might be able to find the Battle Force box somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, from Christmas a couple years ago. Last year? Yeah. Yeah. So, just to explain what that is, if you really are completely new to Caradon Overlords, um, every year, well, recently, the last couple of years, every year, uh, Games Workshop have 
Uh, God, that echo is really bad. Um, can you guys hear the echo? Yeah, okay. Uh, I've <coughs> for the last like the cast couple of minutes, you guys have been cutting out so badly. I've hardly heard you. Oh. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Well, there is a storm about to hit where I live, so that could be. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. You guys don't echo. It's just me. This is. Yeah. Although it's not doing it anymore now, so I'll carry on. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, so basically, these Battle Force boxes is every year at Christmas. Hmm. Games Workshop to bring out. Yeah, I am, yes. <laughs> Assuming they're working. Um, so they bring out these box sets that are really good value for money, and the idea is people buy them for Christmas and presents. But they're limited edition, so they're only available. There's a one print, one, yeah, one run of when they make them, and once they're gone, they're gone. So the Caradon Overlords one was two years ago. Um, well, a year and... 10 months ago, nine months ago. Um, and it's absolutely brilliant value for money. And the models you get in it are really good. Yeah. Um, but because it was one one run of uh, models, and um, it's actually very hard to find now. But if you can get it and someone is selling it at its original re- retail price, then it's great value because you get in it a frigate, uh, an Arcanaut company, an Admiral, a gun hauler, and a unit of Skyriggers for what was originally £100, um, and whatever that is in dollars and Australian dollars, etc. Um, but you can occasionally get them. I mean, I bought one a couple of months ago, and I got it for £90 from a shop that sells everything at 10% off. So, great value. Are you guys there? Yeah, man. I, it's just getting real choppy for me. <laughs> uh, Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, ships, Aiden? I know, Alex, if you're there. Uh, ships. So for ships, I would say, you know, with my, you know, great experience, that probably the ironclad is probably the must take, um, just because of its uh, transport capability. Um, it's reasonable amount of firepower, and it's just a cool, you know, just a cool model. Um, the frigate um, is good, and especially seeing um, our mate up in Canada doing so well with them. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's, a, it's just something that you should really try and take. Um, the gun hauler, that can piss off, man. I mean, that, that thing's just a little waste of plastic, in my opinion, for the meantime, at least. Um, but, yeah. Um, would you recommend that someone buys one, though, at, at, the, at the beginning of their sort of, uh, like, venture into Caradon Overlords? Or would you suggest um, if I was to recommend anything in regards to ships for a brand new beginner, because obviously ironclads are a very expensive kit, 
I just go for mm. the for, for frigate at first because it's it's it, it, it's a good piece to learn how ships work. Mm. Um, and especially if you want to play Zilfin, it's a good opportunity for you to just trial out all the stuff you need to do. Um, apart from that, um, if you do have the cash for it, and if you do want want to go f- f- full on into it, buy an ironclad. Hmm. Am I back? You're back. Yes, yeah. you're back. G'day. Okay. Uh, we we're just talking about right. ships, Alex. Yeah. Um. What? But which ones are good and not? Yeah, and whether generally whether you would recommend people actually buy one right when they first start. Um. I guess out of all the ships, I'd recommend to buy is the frigate. Hmm. Uh. Gives you. It's it's affordable in small point games. Um, gives you some transport capacity, which is what you want from ships. Hmm. The, the frigate is kind of the one that's viable at a thousand points, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And if you are gonna like, unless you're one of these people that you can start playing an army and paint up two thousand points very quickly, you're going to be playing some thousand point games early on, aren't you? So yeah. it's a great word. Starting. Um, if you're really on a budget and you don't want to spend lots of money, I would actually almost recommend just don't buy a ship until you've really got your head around the army and played some games. And then, because you kind of often end up deciding between a frigate or an ironclad, and you can make a more in, informed choice what you would prefer once you've played the game a bit. The ships are very expensive. Well, relatively compared to the rest of the army. Yeah. Um, um, it all comes. Actually, it comes down to you know how much money you kind of want to put into into things. Um, something we could talk about is um, basically if you're on a budget, where to get alternate, well, cheaper models, mm. such as. Look on Facebook groups for deals. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Facebook, um, um, eBay. If you're in New Zealand, go and trade me. That's always a good place to um to yeah. get some kits. Um, or if you want want to get things brand new and you can't find anything else, especially for New Zealand and Australia, we go around the bush and we just order straight from the UK. Um, it's a lot cheaper yeah. for us. Um, we know, set up a PO I mean, box. Still... Yeah, the, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, let's get you pay. Let's you pay UK prices, which are so much nicer than local ones. Yeah, and yeah, um, and if you're if you're in the UK or the states, then there's there's normally a lot of people selling old armies around, especially on on Facebook groups. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Do you find that lots of people selling old armies in in Australia, New Zealand, or? Yeah, yeah man, hates. Yeah. It'll be something up every month uh, for pretty much any army on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually got my first models off of Facebook. Yeah. Um, although, uh, you, you still have to be careful on places like that because things aren't always... Oh, now I'm hearing the echo. Uh, things aren't always as they are advertised, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my first army that I got uh, my first character of Lords, uh, there was a advert, uh, and in it was said, "Some heads missing." Um, mm-hmm. It's a like a full, 
a full army of Karazhan overlords, uh, about a 2,000 points worth uh, for great value, with some heads missing. Uh, so when I eventually got the army, turns out some heads missing is everyone but Brock Rungson's head missing. <laughs> so, that's probably one of the most valuable heads. <laughs> yeah. So like <coughs> 50 or so heads gone. Um, how good. Which is basically how I came up with the uh, put Skatari heads on Caradon Overlords. I mean, it, it looks good in retrospect, but back then it was just I need to find some heads for these guys because I can't just yeah. run around with a bunch of headless dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, like, when I first got into KO, I got into them the moment they came out. So, I, so like, um, I even did the dirty and I just pre-ordered my stuff from Games Workshop Direct in New Zealand. Um, but obviously back then, I yeah, but back then I didn't have a family, so it was okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Nah, um, yeah, so that wasn't a good idea. Um, well, well, it was, because I still love the kits, and for me it was worth it. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, um, definitely be careful with that, um, because I mean, if you are going on Facebook groups, as Alex said, it's not always as it seems. Like, um, like you, you know, like, um, and always ask for photos. The moment yeah. you see something and it doesn't have a photo, that needs to ring alarm bells. So you need you to start questioning them, going, "Hey, can I be see see some photos of the stuff?" But the thing is that, to be honest with you, most of my interactions on the Facebook trading has actually been really good. I mean, they've always been really upfront. Yeah. They've always been really honest with, with me in regards to condition, and so that. And I mean, sometimes leaving a guy's throwing an extra stuff if it's too late. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I've never been outright scammed by Facebook, which is nice. Yeah, no, yeah, but you, yeah. you hear horror stories. Mm. Yeah, like like my, my mate re recently bought some ogres. Wait, no, 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 a lie. Um, so this dude from the United States was was pretty much gifting my mate a whole army of ogres, and he's been waiting three months for them, and they still haven't arrived. Okay. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of you know that's kind of crap, okay. but that's what it is. Okay, and another place you can sort of uh, pick up models on the cheapest eBay. Yeah, but you need to know your prices, obviously, because you could yeah. end up paying more. Um, yeah, and if you're buying from the states, they don't incorporate GST into the price, so you sort of have to work, work out what the GST is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, buddy. Um, and generally speaking, obviously, you don't have to buy direct from Games Workshop. So there are a number of websites and stores that sell things at either 10% off or 20% off Games Workshop's retail price, which when you're starting yeah, out... I always go through... Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, when you're starting out, if you're prepared to spend a, a bit more and rather than getting things, you know, one or two models every now... Well, one or two kits every now and then and buy... Buy several kits together, you get your free postage. It really does work out good value. Uh, good Games does does that pretty well over here in Australia. Uh, they get ten, sometimes twenty percent off if you buy in bulk over here, yeah. off of retail price. Yeah, I usually get all my stuff from the UK from Element Games personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're in the this... UK, you sport for choice really because there's several bases um the only thing is obviously if you only want to buy one hero and then they char they're charging five pounds postage it's not really worth it 
but you just have to generally either bolt together with someone else or buy several kits so you get your free postage or you know if it's a more expensive model it's worth it worth paying the postage anyway to get that percentage off yeah uh always try to uh make a bulk order with your friends uh we've mm. done that with forge world a lot as well just saves on postage yeah um uh, yeah there's lots of alternates if you want if you're on a budget yeah there's a lot of uh options definitely what would you recommend people look out for if they are buying um either on facebook or ebay and they're not buying new on sprue or new inbox models what would you recommend they look out for um well i you definitely want to look uh, at other than pictures. you don't want <laughs> um look at the paint job i guess uh yeah make make sure at least at the very least the paint isn't really thick if it's not too thick you can yeah. usually just strip it quickly or paint over it or what have you yeah. if it's a if they're thick basically unrecognizable models then obviously mm-hmm. there's a reason he's selling them basically there's a reason he's selling them yeah yeah watch out for um, guys that and i know it's not often a thing but if new guys are selling their stuff and they've got enamel paint on them that's going to be a real bitch to get off yeah i mean obviously the uh generally speaking uh new new inbox or on sprue are worth more and then unpainted models and then painted models uh sort of should be the cheapest depending on the quality of the paint job obviously so uh, i mean personally i wouldn't buy painted models that's just my personal choice because i want to paint them myself and i want my models all to match um but if you're completely new to the to the army and you haven't bought anything yet then getting someone's old army if you like their paint job that can be a, a great um like oh sorry. it can really sort of give you a quick sort of uh speed speed jump into into playing with them really because you can go straight into playing with painted models and if you like the paint job then you can just um you can you can paint any other models you buy to match yeah um what about um load weapon loadouts and things when uh and that sort of thing when you're buying pre-built armies yeah i'll always look look at that so um for example if you are lucky enough to find a dude that has splurged out and bought all the skyhooks he needs take it mm. because skyhooks yeah. are really hard to come boy especially because there's only one per kit um if you're buying engine riggers um especially because i know you know a lot of inexperienced players will put you know um skyhooks on them and stuff like that and dual mm. cannons uh which you can still technically double for skywarden so it's not that much of a bad thing but yeah definitely so if you can find dudes that have a lot of skyhooks definitely go for that um and yeah. for your floaty boys yeah just make sure that you know that you're getting the right stuff yeah. Um, and when you talk about skyhooks, um, what, what what you're talking about there, if, if you really knew, is is on the Arkanaut company. 
you want to, that's yeah. where you want to look out for and see what the Arcanon company are built with. Yeah, very much so. Um, uh, yeah, that that's one thing I always always look out for is what the Arcanon company are built with. Um, Sky Riggers would be the next because obviously they can be two different types of units. Um, whether yeah, like you said, whether they've got saws, basically whether they're engine riggers or sky wardens. First of all, as you said, you can if they've got the the guns, the big guns, the drill cannons, the grapnels, and the sky hooks, and they can be either engine riggers or sky wardens. And no one's really going to pick you up on it. Um, hmm. Um. I guess. Yeah. Uh, when looking to buy sky wardens, you probably don't want them with the grapnel launchers. If um no, no, uh, definitely not, definitely no. not. Those dudes should not be grappling anywhere. No, but um, they've, they've got enough movability as it is. If they've got a grapnel launcher, there you can easily just snip off the sky mines and then say it's yeah. an engine rigger. Um, yeah, that would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest, they will snap off eventually anyway. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be on there long, so don't worry about that. Um, and that's yeah. actually, yeah, a lot of a lot of the time, sky ones. When you, if you buy them, second, there's a good chance they might not even have the sky mines on them. Yeah, I mean, I never put them on mine personally, just because I was a bit lazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I put them on all of mine, but then some of them are starting to come off now. And I've now been sort of magnetized them to put them back on because it's it's basically just means you don't have to worry about them. They come off again, but at least then you haven't got to try and glue yeah. things or anything with them. When you just oh, yeah. put them back. Just and that's actually a good thing that we can. Um, so go the, uh, so sorry, that's actually a good point that we can go into in regards to modeling and yeah. assembly and stuff like that. Um, a lot of yeah. the KO stuff, especially the stuff that flies, um, is either on really fiddly, tiny clear um sticks or yeah. just the bits can be really fiddly so a lot of stuff can fall off and break off um, yeah. so you have to be aware of that um i've seen a lot of really good alternatives to the flight stands um for mm. the for example the ironclad because it's such a big dude mm-hmm. um and the flight stand is tiny i mean like when i had my stuff i mean those things were the first things to break off every single time yeah um so there's lots of different ways you could do it um if you go into green stuff world, there's actually um, clear um, clearer acrylic rods that are actually quite big that you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have a Dremel or some of that, you can Dremel out the um, the flight stand, but put some green stuff in there and stick it in. Um, yeah. yeah. Or you could even like um, I've seen dudes. Shout out to Sloan down in New Zealand, but um, he used like actual terrain, like um. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the the new age of Sigma train, he actually um, stuck it onto there, and it looks really good. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah. So, I so I I never I've never used the 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 flight stand that comes with the model for a ship. So, because I just saw the horror stories about it, is it actually as bad as people make out? Or is it just kind of like it snaps off and then you glue it back on and it's fine again? Uh, I'd say not. Yeah, it, it's as bad as it, as it sounds. Um, once it snaps off, it doesn't glue back on. Um, no. The, uh, not normally. Where you it, need to extensively pin it. 
Yeah. Um, it snaps what, what, just below the socket. Oh, so the so actual the ball... stand itself snaps, not the not the glue join. Where no, it's glued to the, the model. This, it's always the stand itself, which is weaker than the oh. glue join, apparently. Um, <laughs> and then it's if you, it's never going to have the strength to hold the ship up after it does that without mm. lots of pinning. So my ironclad has two pins yeah. in it, one in the yeah. stand and one attaching the ironclad to the base. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, frigates are sorry, go on. somewhat uh, yeah. uh, frigates kind of work so I've mm-hmm. you put a kind of I've put a pin at the top of that stand that just kind of slots into a little hole in the um, frigates um, in the actual model itself and they've held up pretty well without breaking a million times yeah so their weight distribution is okay it's just the ironclad is really top and forward heavy Oh, will. very forward heavy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it really leans forwards. the The weight distribution on the on the frigate seems to be fairly balanced. Um, what I did for mine was I used clear acrylic rods, mm-hmm. um, and I literally just drilled out the uh, the space on the ship where they go, so they could go further in. And I have it, so I built up the base, so the acrylic, acrylic rod goes into the base, um, so it has like a nice uh, large area that it goes into, so that's secure, and then it goes into the ship further than it would normally go. But neither of those points are glued. It's all based on just friction. It just holds in place. So when I transport my ship, I take it off the flight stand, and and I don't even have the flight stand stuck into the base or into the into the ship for transport, and that seems to hold quite well. Um, I've seen other people have used brass rods; it's the same thing, really. Yeah, but much sturdier uh, than the little plastic ones. Yeah, the interesting thing is with with the acrylic rods is you do tend to get a bit of wobble. Now. People look at that and they, I see their face sort of worry, but it doesn't worry me because I figure whenever it's wobbling, all the force is going into movement as opposed to snapping. Because things snap when they're brittle as opposed to, um, you know, when there's flex. Yeah. No. They've got to be flexible. Yeah. Um. um. Just a, a quick shout out to Archeld in the chat for to say hello to everyone. So, hi, hey. thanks for watching. Uh, hey, buddy. Hope the technical difficulties aren't too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The echoes seem to have stopped now, so. Yeah. I think we're good. Um, um, oh, uh, so. Magnetizing. Has anyone tried magnetizing? Yes. Um, personally, I haven't. I really need to. Um, but yeah. Before we go into that, I just want to shout out another option for flight stands, which is Magnet Baron. Right. I haven't used them personally, but I know a lot of people re- really rate them highly. Um, if, when people ask about them on Facebook, I know they. Uh, about flight stands, I know they get a lot of people suggest them. Basically, they are 
clear acrylic flight stands that are probably half an inch in diameter and they have a magnet on the top a massive magnet on the top and then another magnet that you stick to the ship um and i'm assuming they're very strong magnets because they're just purely because of the size of them and then so you just put you can just attach the ship to the flight stand with a magnet and then take it off for transport and so a lot of people are using those uh, i don't know how much they cost but they come in a couple of different sizes and they're a good option yeah i think they do small uh, ones that can fit the uh sky riggers as well oh uh, yeah tried them. Sky um, riggers, but... i've had i've had them break a little bit but mostly they're they're pretty solid yeah sky riggers tend to break on the glue join where the flight stand attaches to the backpack that's where mine yeah. seem to break anyway so you just literally glue them back on and then they're fine again until they break again. <laughs> and actually, yeah. generally speaking, I find they break once, peel, they pull off any paint where they were glued because uh, that stays attached to the glue rather than the model. And then when you glue it again, that one normally doesn't then break again because it's the paint that breaks, not the glue. Yep. That's what I find. Anyway. Um. Maybe I'm just being too rough with them in the case. Well, I, I cover my brother the other day because I dropped them on the floor. So if you yeah. do stuff like that, you are going to have your models break. I mean, you just got to expect that. Be careful with your models. Um, the airships don't actually fly. Have yes. tried. Very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, as barely as you might want to throw them across the room when they fail a charge yeah. or a... Yeah. Or their amazing four up, you know, amazing four up to hertz. Yeah. Or when the the, the ironclad sky mine uh, it goes off on a two plus, you take d six mortal wounds. One. Yeah, it doesn't go off. Oh, it doesn't go Great. off. It goes if you roll a one. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Okay. Um, with the, with the ships, if you were buying buying a ship on Facebook and you saw it was on the flight stand that come in the kit already would you still buy it uh yes i would i just have to do some jimmying to um to prop it up a bit yeah yeah just i i, I put uh pins in it yeah i mean it comes always comes down to the price as well because you know if they're selling it for the same price you can buy a new one you wouldn't buy it anyway would you so... no build your own yeah um so, uh, oh, the only other thing we haven't talked about in terms of buying was funders. Yeah. I mean, so, I still think you want to look for rifles with thunderers. Yeah. Um, that you don't really need any of the special weapons. They kind of they, they, they give you less shots. Uh, chemists can't buff them. Always go for rifles, in my opinion. I think there's potential with the special weapons, uh, but only in big units. And really, it's going to be a very niche army list it works in. So you really probably do want to look out for funders that have all rifles um, if you're going to buy them. If yeah. They're not... They might look a little boring, but 
it's for the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the only other thing regarding buying that I would look out for is whether people have uh, the spare parts uh, from when they built them. Whether they're yeah. selling those as well. Because there's normally quite a lot. Always ask if they have a bits box that you can get. You can get some extra bits. You can get the bits out of. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of people won't even mention that when they list it. But I bet if you asked, they'd say they have got them and they throw them in for the same price. Usually, yeah. Um, and that can be really handy going down the line if you want to build other units and stuff with certain loadouts. Yeah, down the track. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay, moving uh, on to building, just generally building tips. Um, we talked about the flight stands a little bit, and then Hayden started to ask about magnetizing. Have you, uh, have you tried it at all? Uh, personally, no. Um, no. Although I've I know with with the smaller magnets, a lot of a lot of people magnetize the Sky Wardens mostly and the airships. Um, yes. The Sky Wardens, to, uh, Sky Wardens and Enemy, just to let to give you different loadouts of that. The main big gun to a um, mm -hmm. Skyhawk a drill gun or a grapnel uh, uh, grapnel launcher. Yep, or yeah. grapnel launcher. And the ships is usually used to make the to get the ironclad from a volley cannon to a sky cannon. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with mine, I've magnetized my frigate, and my ironclad on the cannon. Um, ah, yeah. The only um, so I just magnetize all the different cannon options on those. That's really quite simple to do. Um, although, because it was the first time I tried magnetizing things, it. If you've not done it before, it's it's not as easy as it sounds. I would recommend if you are going to do it to either buy a small hobby drill or um or or Dremel or something, so you can recess your magnets properly. Um, yeah. If you, if you end up either with gaps or a wonky cannon, I think nobody wants a wonky cannon. <laughs> Look, it happens to it happens to what forty percent of all ships have this problem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, it does look a bit funny if your cannons like not pointing straight. <laughs> so if you are going to magnetize it, you've got to make sure you do it properly. Um, the sky wardens, yeah, they are surprisingly easy to magnetize, um, and that's something just... I've really started doing. It's just it's the end bit of the gun. You, you just need to swap out yeah. that that front bit, um, yeah. which you can use by with just the two smallest magnets. Put a hole in each side. Yeah. Stick them in. Yeah, you don't even uh, really need to even do any recessing on them. You just stick it, stick it onto the end of the gun, and it's done. The um, yeah, that could work. It's just the, the sky. Um. Because it's not very large areas to, to do it. Um, like on the sky hook, it's just like a, well, two millimeter, no, 
three millimeter size end, really. Yeah. So you don't really have any magnets much more than that. Anyway, if you buy thin ones, anyway. So the ones I've bought um, are, I think they're three mil by 0.5. Yeah. So by the time you put them on the end of the gun and the one on the end of the drill or the sky hook or something, you know, you've only added one mil to the to the weapon, which is not really noticeable. Yeah. Um, um, and I found personally a good place to buy magnets is eBay. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some sellers on eBay that sell like hobby magnets in bulk. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can get them on Amazon, uh, AliExpress. Lo- loads of places sell magnets cheap. You shop around. Um, and it's, it's gr- the one thing that I'm really starting to do uh is i want to magnetize all my sky mines and i want to magnetize the the main weapon on or the the cannon on the on the sky wardens because if you have this the mines done and the and the cannon tip that means that they can either be a sky warden with a drill cannon or they can be an engine rigger with a grapnel yeah and you don't have to really buy handy. double the boxes. No, you end up buying a lot less kits. And when they're £25 for three models, um, buying less kits yeah. is, is really it adds up. because Yeah. And you can actually, I found, because obviously I've already built a lot of mine, you can go back and magnetise some things fairly easily. So yeah. things like, the sky mines because they snap off anyway you can actually i found you can just snap them uh snip them at the base of the the cord stick a little magnet on there and then stick a little magnet on the i don't even know what you call it the bit that sticks onto the ball the aether yeah. balloon type thing and then they can just go on and off there um and the drill cannon if you have got a model built with a drill cannon or a sky hook, well, make well, not so much a sky hook, but with a drill cannon, you can actually just snap it off. Um, yeah, you can. It comes off just, pretty cleanly. Yeah, it, it, it comes off cleanly where where it's glued. Um, I'm not taking any responsibility if you do it and it doesn't happen though. <laughs> um, but uh, you can't really do it if it's already built with a grapnel because it glues in two places. So it goes to the tip, and then because you have the the cord and then the spool, the, the the spool glues underneath, and that that's a real sort of cup and ball sort of join there. There'll be a lot of glue that won't snap off there. Not even yeah. Really. So it's worth doing it at early on. Um, have it, any either of you guys tried magnetizing like? Arconauts or Sky Wardens more at the uh, shoulder level where you magnetize the whole arm? Hmm. No, never done that. Although I can see the point in it. Um, mm. If you don't want to have heavy weapons, you just want to go for combat. Yeah. I've seen some people have done it. I think personally, I wouldn't bother. I don't think it's worth the effort. I don't think. At- the moment there's really 
any reason why you'd want to run Sky Wardens with all Sky Pikes and Pistols? Um, uh, Sky with... Wardens, probably not. No, you want you want heavy weapons on those guys. Mm-hmm. You might want... though. Yeah, engine riggers, you might want to. But if you did what, uh, if you're also likely to end up building a Sky Warden unit, then if you just, you know, you do your drill cannon guys, like I said, which is much easier, um, then you can you can substitute them in for grapnels if you want to. Yeah. But then obviously you drill cannons in your in your Sky Warden, so I don't know. It might be worth it with engine riggers. Um, I I think with engine riggers, need... Sky Wardens just. Yeah, keep those heavy weapons. Yeah, and because it will be easy with the swords and the pistols, but that the the grapnel gun, I can imagine that it should be doable. Um, I guess if if it's only you're only going to be doing one or two, so it wouldn't be too that bad. Um, you wouldn't want to do a whole unit, but if nah. you just did one or two, then yeah, it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, if um, if you if you're really in the magnetizing mood, why not? Yeah. What do you think about um, magnetizing Arknauts? Um I don't think there's any need. Uh you you wanna you always wanna have special weapons on those guys. Always. Mm-hmm. Uh I can't see a, a, a any kind of situation where you just have an arc an Arknaut with company with sh- swords and uh, pistols. Um, so yeah, just when you buy the box, stick all three heavy weapons on, um, mm-hmm. and then when you get multiple boxes, switch out as needed. Yeah. Um, the only time I can think you might want to is if you've bought extra skyhook weapons, and then you're worried about the new book coming out, and therefore you want to maintain your ability to to put. Like say if you um, to put volley guns on or something, it's the only time I can think you might want to. But I, what I would say yeah. is, for the amount of effort you go to, you can buy a scar, uh, an Arcanaut body, and a backpack and a base very cheaply on a bit site. Yeah. It, so if it does happen, you just do that, and then you can. Uh, yeah, then you've got the. Um, the volley gun bit you need anyway at home. So you just quickly build one Arcanaut and paint it up and it's not going to take you long. Mm. No. Sorry, guys, I've got to um, go. Uh, Okie dokie. All right. Uh, thanks for coming Bye-bye. on, Hayden. Cheers, all good. Yeah. I'll try to be here next time, mate. Eh? All right. Cool. Yeah, all right. Oh, he's gone. Um, okay. Um, well, I think... so. Another thing I want to talk about was well that would be useful for new newer people is where to get lots of skyhooks, um, how <laughs> to get lots of skyhooks, because you yeah. one option the the basic option is of course buy twelve boxes of Arcanauts, but yeah. no one wants to do that. No. Um, yeah. Well, I did do a whole show on it, so they <laughs> could just go watch that if they want. Although the video quality oh. is terrible. But um, there's some, right, yeah, there's some, but if you've got basically the options I sort of showed were using the the sky rigger uh, sky hook. Yeah, that's a nice easy one. 
I talked about using uh, iron drake drake guns with yeah, a sky iron drake harpoon guns. Um, I think I showed a one-handed one I did where I used the captain's pistol, you know, the one that has three barrels, and then I yep. put the drake gun barrel onto that to make it longer, and then your sky pike tip. Um, most of mine okay. really resolve revolve around either using Drake guns or or the Sky Rigger. Yeah. Um, gun. Have you got any other ones? Uh, you could take a um a Sky Pike and stick the tip of that into a Thunderer's uh, rifle. If you have any of those oh, spare, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah. that'll make one. Um, yeah, I think I did mention that, but I haven't actually tried it. Uh, but yeah, that would definitely work. Uh, if you're into Necromunda and you've got some of those spare models, uh, House Orlock actually has a harpoon gun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, you only get one per box. Um, so, I don't know if you want to use that on your actual House Orlock, but if you're <laughs> not, might as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are... Generally speaking, like any anything where where you can get some sort of gun that will fit, and then you can put a sky pipe tip on it. Really, I have seen people put sky pipe tips on volley guns, and personally, I, I'm mm. not the key on that because it looks like a volley gun with a sky pipe tip on it. Basically, it, because yeah, it, looks like a Gatling, it it looks like a Gatling gun because it has the multiple barrels. I guess you could maybe green stuff in. The barrel, so it's like a smooth, big round barrel. You could, um, yeah. No, nah, I'd, I'd go with. There's a lot of other options. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess maybe you could use the just a grapnel tip from the Skyrigger kit and just put it on the end, even just on the end of a pistol if you wanted. Uh, I think you probably get away uh, with most people. It's a very big... big. There's things. Like, there's a big, big size di difference between those two. Yeah, um, you kind of want something that looks like a two-handed weapon, don't you? Yeah, it's supposed to be big, like thick mini cannons, essentially. Yeah, that's what I get from the, the damage with, profile, with a, anyway. With a harpoon on the end. Yeah. Um, one one thing I would generally advise is if you do is yeah don't don't go. I did one with a one handed weapon, and when it comes to playing with the model, it's really awkward because it then sticks out quite far away from the base. Um. So then when yeah. you're trying to pile in models and stuff, or you've got several of them next to each other, it just gets in the way. Oh yeah, it'll hang over the base horribly. Yeah. So try and avoid anything that hangs over the base. Or if you are going to do something like a one-handed option, maybe have them pointing it up in the air or down towards the floor or something so it hangs over the base less. Yeah. Um, um, any other building tips that you have? Um... I think with ships, 
is the best fit if you're building sub assemblies. Uh, ah, yes, sub assemblies. Um, so because there's a lot of parts inside of parts inside of other parts, mm -hmm. uh, for painting purposes, it's better to build the big build uh, sub assembly is uh, building large portions of it, like build the balloon separate, build the hull separate. Um, but keep yeah. them apart until you finish painting. Yeah, and then just glue them together at the end. Yeah, um, using super glue at that point because yeah, plastic glue won't work over paint. No. Um, yeah, I yeah I did my ships and sub assemblies mostly because I come in slightly after everyone you know the first initial run of people that bought the models and took their took their advice. I realized that was the best thing to do. But I I only did the balloons and when I did my frig frigate, I only did the balloons and the hull separate and the crew. But what I would say is just even things like the the little side wings with the propellers on, even oh, I would yeah. even do those separately. Because I actually snapped those off a couple of times. Um, just because where the model leads like sitting down on a, on a on a cutting mat, and I was, you know, trying to get to areas and things, and then you sort of push the model, and you know, you it there's sort of areas that get strained. So I would leave those off, and also the the drills, the the little drill bombs that the gun that the ships drop. Yeah, because they sit inside a recessed area. So it's, they're almost impossible to get to. So I, would, I would do them separately. Yeah, even on the ironclad, actually, I know they're hanging off the side, but because you're probably yeah. going to paint them separately from the hull, uh, paint yeah. them a different color. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot easier from like missing parts or hitting the hull accidentally to just yeah. keep them off. Yeah, and you can get to the hull underneath them better as well. Yeah, um, definitely. I left them off. Um, and obviously the There's crew. A lot of well. down there. Oh yeah, yeah, the crew definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, because then you can you can just paint them like you paint a normal normal model. Um, yeah, so build your ships and sub assemblies, and generally speaking, the more sub assemblies you do, the easier it will be to paint. Um, but then obviously. You do have a little bit of a risk when when you put it all together at the end that you can mess things up. Uh, the oh well, have you did you do do you do sub assemblies on your sky riggers at all? Um, a little bit, yeah. So I I don't glue the balloon on their back basically. Mm. So I can get see, into the 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 backpack and um all the like the, the glowy stuff and the little gold highlights down there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's the one that's suggested in in the battle dome, isn't it? Um, Pretty much. Yeah. I haven't actually done that on any of mine. What I what I always do with scrubbers is I never glue them to the flight stand until oh, I no, painted never. them. Because no, you never. can't get in between the legs and stuff, and the flight stand gets in the way, and you don't want it to 
if you get paint on that flight stand, then that's that ruined. Um, yeah. Anyway. Then you're painting it black. Yeah. Um, no, I never glue them on until, yeah, never on the flight stand until One they're painted. Um, yeah. If you want to use them in-game before they're painted, I just stick them on with blue tack, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah, and also, if you have a model that that snaps off in transit and you get to a game and you're like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Just use some blue tack. And you can your that will quickly attach a skyrigger back to its stand. Yeah, you uh, if you kind of no, not for ships, no, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not for ships. You just yeah, just use a base for the ship. Um, if it, yeah. Um, one thing I did recently with some skyriggers, and I kind of did it by accident. I don't know how I managed to do it. I was in a rush trying to get just three extra models painted for a tournament. I left the rudders off. Um, All right. And I was like, I started painting. I was like, hang on. I haven't got the rudders on. Well, how the hell have I missed that? But actually, it was really handy because it makes getting to the underside of the balloon easier. It makes getting to all the backpack easier. And then any the bits where it glues in... It's such a large area. It's so easy to hide where you like to just glue it in without accidentally. Like, you can actually just use plastic glue because you can just not paint those areas. Yeah, okay. Um, because if you use super glue, one thing to know about super glue is when you glue, when you glue it, it, when the glue dries, it expands. So if you have something like that, that's more like a socket with a bit that goes in it, it won't it will sort of push it out a bit. I mean, on those, it wouldn't be noticeable anyway if you used super glue because it wouldn't push it out much. Not really, yeah. but yeah. That was really handy. Um, also, um, if you're super gluing after painting, it does tend to destroy the paint. Mm. Uh, be very careful so if, where that super glue goes. Yeah, yeah. Only put it where it absolutely needs to be. Mm. Um, and don't think, oh, it will dry clear. No, no, it's like it kind of goes frosty as well, doesn't it? So it you can, do, yeah. yeah. Especially if you, if especially if it touches water. So if mm. glue touches water, it does all kinds of weird stuff. Well, yeah, because it's actually it actually makes it dry really quickly as well, or set really quickly if it touches water, because it was yeah. It was originally it, designed for military purposes, for like sealing up wounds in the rain and stuff. So it was just like put water okay. in it and then it will. Yeah, apparently, I don't know if that's true. Dang, we need that Hayden for this. Fun, yeah. He, yeah, we need he Hayden for this. He'd yeah. know. Yeah, um, it's probably one of those urban myths. Do you, when you build, say, thunderers or archonauts with a special weapon? Do you some yeah. assembly? Um, nah, nah. I just paint underneath. Uh, that's they're so small. Um, there's so many of them. At least in my list, uh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't need to put full detail underneath the weapons if I can't reach them. But yeah. they usually can. They can be a bit awkward to get to, depending how you model them and how. Because they end up almost touching the chest of the model. Um, yeah. 
it's one of those things where it's going to come down to personal preference, uh, whether on how good you want the paint job to be compared to how much time you want to spend on it and whether you want to then risk gluing things afterwards and stuff. Because there's, there's normally three places you have to glue when, when you put those on because you have to glue the two shoulders and then there's also normally a bit where one arm attaches to the gun. Yeah. And so, so you you don't really want to end up gap filling at the end if you don't get those glued exactly perfectly right. No. So it's better just use the plastic glue to add to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I just glue them all. And it's a bit fiddly, but you get it done. Like you say, it's not somewhere you normally see. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I run hordes, so <laughs> there's, there's sixty of these things on the table. Yeah, no one's going to spend the time looking at, looking at every single one, uh, like upside down, inside out, to, no. to notice the small bits. And with your foot troops, do you do you paint do you paint them on the base, or do you or do you leave them off the base, like on a on a paint pot or something, or on a and then glue um, them to the base once they're painted? I paint them on the base because I use the GW texture paints uh, at least for the KO. Um, yeah. I uh, so they it works well together with that. Um, it doesn't. They don't really get into the way of the basing. But if you're doing no. something special like cork bases, you probably want to do it uh, separately. Because mm. I know there's a yeah. there's a, there's a, a system with cork bases. I think uh, a little bit. I mean, <clears throat> what you're you're doing, you normally want to end up doing some dry brushing and stuff, and then if you've got boots in the way. That's not always that easy. Um, I generally find with my Arcanauts, I just paint them on the base and then I put sand on, bits of cork and stuff before I paint them. Cause, and, and it's fine. It's The only time it's a problem is getting in between the legs. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a ten, again, with like painting the model it can be a bit awkward because you're like, getting in between the legs and stuff. So you can't always get the right angle of your brush depending where you place them on the base. Um, and then when it comes to painting the actual base itself, it's not always easy to get in the right places. It does, it does have a little bit of effect where you glue them on the base. Like if you glue them standing a bit further back, they're normally, it's normally easy to get between the legs from the back. Yeah, all right. Really far forwards, but if you put them dead center, then this kind of I don't know. It's equally hard from both directions, but then not necessarily easy for me. Um, yeah. yeah. Sky riggers, I always paint the base separately because they're on the flight stand. Yeah. Uh, so I, I. If you want to keep yeah. a clear rod, it's you got to be careful with that thing. Yeah, the way I do it is because I don't want it, uh, and I build. I normally build up the bases a fair bit with cork and sand or filler and other bits and pieces. So I will normally glue it all, make everything, and then I will mask up 
the flight stand. Okay. So cover, that, cover that in masking tape, and then I can spray it without without getting any crap on it. Basically, get any paint on it, and then I will leave that masking tape on until right at the very end when I'm doing highlights and washes things. Because then you, it's handy because then you can be you don't have to be too precious when you do your bright, dry brushing and stuff. Because yeah, I can see the value on that. Yeah, so you just mask it up and then peel off the tape at the end. Um, that's yeah, pretty handy. Because I don't when I I don't want to see the the little disc at the bottom of the flight stand. No, I don't want to make a lovely base and then just glue a bit of clear plastic on top of it. Yes, like I cover that thing with the with the GW um texture paint texture paints. Yeah. Yeah, I cover it, it makes a little mound, but you put enough of it. it. I cover it with sand and then paint it, or um, yeah, whatever I'm putting on the base, really. Yeah, same goes no. for the ship bases if you're using those. Yeah. Um, Big if. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else regarding building or painting? Um. No, I think we've covered it. Yeah, without going into full painting tu- tutorials or anything. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not good enough to do a full painting tutorial. That's. Yeah, we'll leave that to the experts. Yeah. Um, like Duncan. Yeah. Ah, yeah. paint Jesus. Yeah, and Vince Ventrella and people like that. That. Um, yeah, there's lots of. Yeah, they're they're fiddly models to paint, but they once they're done, they look they look very good. Yeah. All I can say is I love Nuln Oil. Nuln Oil is <laughs> turns your crappy paint jobs into like the best paint jobs. Um just be careful not to use too much. Because it will pull such, it's never such a thing as too much <laughs> null oil. Yeah. I don't know, I've had it where I just you know when you get a bit happy with it and you're doing a whole unit of Arcanauts or something, you slap it all on and I've had them and then I've I've looked at them after it's dried and then the un like there'd be one more I've had one model once where it was just like the seat is basically the, the model's bum was black. Okay. Because <laughs> all the no and all had pulled and just sat there. I thought I had to paint over that. <laughs> yeah. Um, also it can go shiny sometimes. Shake your pot first. Definitely yeah. shake your pot, otherwise it'll go shiny. Yeah, it's good. And there's two different. There is two different types, isn't there? Uh, there is gloss okay. null oil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you have I... gloss null oil and normal null oil, make sure you're using the right one. I haven't. I, I've yeah. always used the right one. I've never made mistakes like that before. Yeah. Uh, uh. Um. <laughs> uh, one of there's some and... Chinese buildings. Very mm. shiny be, buildings. Be careful of mixing water with non oil because that will also make it shiny. Oh yeah, um, you want to use the paint thinner. Um, well, it's not art code. It's uh the other one. Lamia medium. Lamia medium. Yeah. yeah. Um, use that instead of water. Yeah. I mean, I I just use non oil neat really. To be honest, that's fine. Pretty much, it's so thin. It doesn't even. I don't think it really needs thinning. 
unless you're good putting it on something very light and you don't want it don't want to darken it up too much yeah um, that's for like pure recess shading yeah um one my one other tip i would have when it comes to painting the models is um when you if you've got models say fundras sky riggers and heroes not so much the archonauts they tend to have uh pipes um going from the backpacks and things uh bright color works really well on them yeah like, uh, something that contrasts with your paint scheme so i pick them uh, out in gold color. the pipes uh yes yeah oh, oh wait okay. no Oh no no those pipes oh yep no, I mean I mean no, like I know the, you're talking about like hoses yeah, yeah the hoses yeah okay no those are just black uh no I failed oh yours are black oh okay yep oh, they don't stand out at all in, uh... oh okay. I used to do it, it I failed <laughs> uh, well I mean it depends what you want I mean it's <laughs> Um, it's like this. Uh, we're getting more into the realms of opinion. I mean, everything here we talk about is opinion, but um, no, it's... everything we speak is hard fact. If you don't follow <laughs> our advice, yeah, you're doing it wrong. You're a bad character, <laughs> Overlord player. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, because like uh, a model can look very good if it's got a very sort of monochrome paint scheme. Like if you if you do a monochrome paint scheme, it can look really really good um but yeah i think contra a contrasting color on them looks really good and my new favorite thing is uh the gloss varnish oh it's yeah hard coat. um hard coat. And then anywhere we have i do it on like the backpacks where you have like, uh, yeah. a orb bit thing to make uh, that bubble effect yeah like it, it makes glass, basically. Yeah. And I paint like you can do. You can do only do so much with like a color and highlighting it and stuff. And that last little touch of some art coat on there um, gives it. Yeah, it just really it has a massive impact. And you're doing such a small amount on the model. It's, a pot of that's going to last forever. Um, but yeah. I, for my last, for my last, well, not my last tournament, my second to last tournament, but it was only about a month ago. Um, I bought some of that, and I hadn't really. I was lazy when I first painted all my arcs, and I hadn't really painted those bits an interesting color. And I was sort of where I evolved my paint scheme over time. I had to go back, and I did it with like thirty arcs and. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Thirty articles I mean, and eighteen riggers in one night. Painted them all okay. green. Painted them all green. Highlighted them with two different lighter greens, and then a tiny white, like edge bit, you know, where the light is just hitting. And then, and then hard coated them all in one night. And oh damn! So I, yeah, I would recommend do them as you paint the models, and don't think I'll go back and finish that off later. Because yeah. you will end up doing like stuff like that, um, and the same with uh, dials. If you want to paint, like, oh yeah, uh, do them. Do them when you do the unit. Just 
take that extra little bit of time just to do the dars at the end because if not you all at one day end up having to go back for your whole army and paint all the dials <laughs> and i mean you'll be a pro at it at the end but <laughs> cool. like i mean unless you don't care about doing the dials and then it doesn't matter like but don't try and kid yourself that you'll do it later because you, if you do do it later you will hate it or and or you just won't do it later so just yeah. do it at the beginning stop procrastinating uh, yeah <laughs> unless you've got a whole man of other stuff to paint and then it's more important to get base colors on them uh, yeah oh there's i've got so much backlog oh. yeah it's bad i should stop yeah. buying models yeah, I've got a lot of stuff. I bought the starter oh, collection the other day, and I need to start painting some of that. Um, yeah. But uh, any other tips you have for building and painting? Um. No, I think I think we're good. We're good. Oh yeah. Um. So kind of cover buying building painting i'm just trying to think if there's anything we haven't mentioned converting yeah we did a little bit of converting um there yeah i guess there are some other conversion options um if you want to i don't know say if you want to make extra chemists because you don't want them all to be the same save you oh yeah no, I say if you buy the start collecting and you don't want an Endra Master, you could probably convert that into a chemist. Um, you could. Any... I've never seen anyone do that yet, though. I, th I think I have. Either that way, it's a different tier or something. Generally speaking, if you want to make your own chemist, the fumigator you get in the Fundras can be a good good weapon to use. Like If you want to make a, oh, yeah. a chemist. Oh, I've just realised the most best thing that we should recommend everyone to do, and that's buy Thundrix Profiteers. Yeah, for alternate model sculpts, basically. Well, just if uh, you're going to buy a chemist, don't buy a chemist, get a buy Thundrix Profiteers. Because you get... Like, the chemist has gone up in price now, at least in the UK it has. So for the same oh. amount of money, you get a chemist and four other models oh yeah sure then why not yeah so why would you not like um yeah because uh, they you get an extra have... arc, two arc ports and and you get a good get starting point one. into a new game if you're interested in that one yeah and you, you get a thundra and that's the other thing is if you buy those then that does give you some more options with because you'll have because you've got an extra Fundra, if you do want to maybe build a unit of Fundras, we didn't mention Fumigators, but that is one of the things that sometimes people do mix into Fundras, is a Fumigator yeah. or two, just because it makes the... What the Fumigator does is enemy models within three inches? Is it three inches? Um, yeah, three inches. Yeah, three inches. Basically, have one, uh, a minus one to attack in the combat phase. So it make, just makes them a little bit more sub survivable. But if you're not sure about whether you want to use Fumigator or not, and you're building 10 
funder as well. If you buy Fundrix Profiteers, you've got an extra funder. You'll have 11 funders. So just build it with a fumigator, and then you haven't got to make that decision. You haven't got to spend the time magnetizing because you can build the fumigator, but then you've still got 10 funders with rifles or 15 if you if you want to build a unit of 15 or whatever. Yeah. And this, the same with Arconauts. If you want to convert up an extra skyhook, then, well, if you bought Fundrix Profiteers, you're not losing out on that um, Arconaut with a, with a volley gun because you you get one in Fundrix Profiteers. So you end up with, instead of 30 Arconauts, you've got 32. Yeah, so, no, that's a really good idea because they are, even in Australia, they are pretty much the same price. It's fifty dollars for the um, shades by Warband, and I think it's, I think it's fifty fifty five fifty dollars for the chemist. Yeah. Have a look. So. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Oh, and that that reminds me as well. Just you mentioned the prices. Um, if you're buying and you're buying new models, um, oh. rather than rather than uh, say on Facebook or something, if you shop around, the start collecting box and heroes and things, because they've had a recent price increase, some stores will be holding stock that they bought from Games Workshop before the price increase, and so oh, yeah. I found that there are prices holding the original price so yeah and with those places also doing discounts as well often doing 10% or 20% off they're 10% or 20% off the original price rather than the the new price yeah which is very so that pretty. yeah that, that's a good Shop find if you, can, if you can get them yeah yeah definitely um, um, yeah. So yeah, the, the, in Australia, the chemist is forty, and the uh, shades by warband is fifty. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's yeah, still probably so worth it. I mean, I don't know how much ten. I mean, that's yeah. It sounds like a lot, but then ten dollars. I don't know what you get for ten dollars over there. Uh. Two burgers. Two burgers for ten dollars. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> burgers are cheap. <laughs> Your models are expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. Well, um, yeah, but ten dollars for compared to the price of the kit, I guess it's still worthwhile, isn't it? Yeah. Over there. Uh. 70, 70 for the Arcanor Company. Okay, yep. Yeah. So seventy-eight for the uh, Skywardens. Yeah. So ten dollars for getting those two Arcanauts and a Skywarden. Skywarden. Is... It's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it, isn't it? I did see. Plus they always. Sorry. Uh, uh, they always come out with um like, or at least with the first lot of shades by Warbands, they came out with the just the just the models. Separately, mm. which cost less. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, what's that price including the cards or not? Uh, yeah. So that price includes all the cards and stuff. Um, okay. Oh no! Wait, is it the cards or is it? 
I uh, you have the cards. Oh, I do have oh, the cards. Ha- oh, I think. Oh, I do they have the? Something... Do they have the just a models box, um, available yet? I um... don't know. I no. I thought I bought the cheapest way of getting them, and I, I think the other thing you where you get them is you get card sleeves. I think you get the cards no matter how you buy them, and you get card sleeves if you buy the more expensive version. Okay. Oh, the sleeves as well. Yeah. That um... was that was a different. Because I, I basically, because I'm cheap and I always buy the cheapest option on things, I bought the cheapest one and I got the cards. So yeah. there wasn't a version without. But actually, if you look on eBay, or, or not so much actually, but you might be able to find people selling just the models. Okay. Uh, potentially yeah. without the cards. I don't know. It's worth checking. Or. Another thing that you might find is if people have bought the kit just for... Because I think I've seen some people saying they've oh. worked out where where they're getting them from, that they can. it's actually worthwhile to buy, say, five of these kits. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, all right, so the, you can buy the model separately, and they do yep. cost $40. Oh, so which is exactly as much as the um, chemist. So why not just buy these models because there's more of them? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, if you buy ten of them, uh, of what five of them? Yeah, five of them. You get you get your Arcanaut company. Um, you kind of get your Arcanaut company because you get three of them. Of will have, well, uh, five of them will have polygons. Because he's uh, easy to build kit, so yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty snap fit. I can't remember if you can cut it where the arms are, because if you have bought an Arcanaut company, you will have loads of spare arms for pistols and loads of spare arms for swords and axes and things. Yeah, ton. And that's uh, another good tip, actually, is if you want to get extra Arcanauts. You can literally just go on, go online, and buy the bodies and bases and a backpack. Because you can. The only expensive part can... is the special weapons. Yeah, um, they do go out of stock though quite a bit. So you need to sort of, if you see them and you want them, then just get get a load. Yeah. Um, that's that's. Um, uh, another thing I did when I was building, when I was converting extra skyhooks, was I just built extra Arconauts. So yeah, I think when I, I think I converted up like three or six, that must yeah it must be six skyhooks. I basically built six extra Arconauts. So that basically meant means that if they do go away, I still have. The Arconauts built with the volley guns and the sky bikes because I just basically I have extras. Yeah, Cranny. Uh, Kramer Icorp is uh, unfortunately having to go to bed, so uh, he's good night. He's going to listen to the rest of the right. Uh, but thanks, See, thanks for uh, listening. I don't think there's much left. No, I think we've pretty much covered most things. Um, 
Do you do you want to just cover some very basics about list construction? I uh, mean, obviously we've done some stuff about army lists, but we've done that. And, and unit construction, probably actually probably just more unit construction because we talked about which more, which things to look out for when you're buying them, but how you build the kits in general. Hello? I think I've lost him. I'll reconnect. Hello? Oh, no, you're here now. I can hear you. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, uh, yeah. We, we've so, made the Arkham already. Basically, because, because you're chemist, that you're basically building your army around the chemist boss. Um, chemist boss, one type of weapon in each squad. So what you want to do is you want to have as many of one type of weapon per squad as possible. So if you're going to go with um, skyhooks, put all the skyhooks in the squad. If you want to go with a volley guns, put all of them in that squad. Don't go a couple of skyhooks, a couple of volley guns, deal with everything that comes my way. Pick pick, yeah. pick one weapon, stick with it. Um, same goes with Thunderers. Same goes with uh, Ender Riggers. If you if you want to get a weapon, you're... max it out. Yeah, you, you want to specialize your units, essentially. You don't want to build a unit with that's mixed, really. And no. when it comes to that chemist buff, on, it's not going to really help on a unit of Arkhorts with volley guns. Um because they've got six attacks, so one extra attack doesn't make much difference. But yeah, at that point, you say if you buffing the pistols. Yeah, but the reason you run a unit of Arkanauts with three volley guns is because that's the only way you can run your other unit of Arkanauts with three skyhooks. And say if you've only literally got the three skyhooks, the three skypikes, and the three volley guns, then you also then have another unit that's all three. Sky pikes because actually, if you do have like if you haven't gone to the effort of converting, then a chemist buff on on some sky pikes or actually even the arcanaut cutters I found can be quite useful in the hmm. in certain circumstances. Um, it generally does make sense to have a unit with three sky pikes as opposed to a unit with one sky pike and two volley guns and then another yeah. unit with guns and a sky bike because if that situation does come up and you want to buff them at least you can buff the whole unit you'll get more out of your buff yeah um ships you always want to go with well okay the frigate you basically just don't take the giant the ship skyhooks mm -hmm. um the only thing they do is drag your ship closer to the enemy in the shooting phase so you can't do anything with your getting with um disembarking, you can't do any shenanigans there, and it just mm -hmm. puts your gunboat closer to the enemy's combat unit. Yeah, and it's, it's not damage. even a helpful amount either, because it's D6. Yeah. So it could be an inch, it could be six. I think the only time it might be useful if you want to get that ship onto an objective, but then it's only one model, and it's not, probably not going to help um yeah so just stay away use the cannon 
on the ironclad, use the volley gun. Yeah. At least I'd I'd go with the volley gun because it's more consistent damage. Yep. Um, gun hauler, probably. Oh, there's. Okay, drill cannon and cannon. There's there's a maybe oh, like the cannon yeah. is d6 damage. The drill cannon is d3 damage, but the drill cannon is ren three. And that's pretty much the only time you're ever going to get Ren 3 in this army. Or yeah. most armies, really. <laughs> yeah, and on the subject of drill cannons, whenever you see them on a war scroll, ignore what it says and go look in the app. Oh, yeah. Because they've been FA. Um, um, and we haven't mentioned the battle tome yet. I mean, we yeah, haven't okay. mentioned it enough. But... That's, that's, an, that's an important uh, a detail for you people. If you're reading yeah. the battle tome, ha- have a read. Don't get excited. Just just yeah. read read the basic stats, and then mm-hmm. read your FAQ. Or, yeah. Honestly, just read the FAQ first, then read the battle tome. Save yourself the disappointment. Yeah. If you find a cool combo in the battle tome, it's probably been FAQ. Yeah, and you know the weird thing is, there's some. I was I was checking the FAQs the other day to double check something, and I suddenly noticed something. I thought, "Oh, I forgot that was FAQ'd," <laughs> because there's just so much that's been FAQ'd, and some of them barely even make any significant change. It's probably it's, some of them are just for clarification. Some of them have big consequences. Um, mm. I can't even remember which what thing it was, but it was something. Huh. Um, the thing is, is you you kind of remember them after a while anyway or basically yeah, they, how they work um, if, you play, if you play the army for a while they kind of, the two, the FAQ and the book kind of become one big document mm. and you just kind of remember the whole thing but starting off it can be confusing um, you may accidentally cheat but that's okay yeah. um, first couple of games uh, if you're not getting your rule like because you have to cross cross reference like three different um, rules rule books. It's all right to get some rules wrong at the beginning. Yeah, when just learn from it, get better. Games and mm. stuff with friends, it doesn't matter. Once you start, if you go get to go to tournaments, you really kind of need to know. And even You've if they're get it right. small one day tournaments, you, you know, you it's going to leave a bad feeling with with people if they check so if they think, oh, I'm not sure about that, and then they check the FAQs themselves later that night or the next day and they realize that you were playing it wrong um yeah you don't want to be that that guy and even if it's a by accident you still don't want to but generally speaking there are some changes just not just with abilities but just with stats which is very rare that they change stats but it's ko so they've changed lots of things um so i think we're the only uh battle tome to get a full war scroll redesign yeah. Um, so if you have the battle tome or the war scroll cards, just go and have a look through all the uh, war scrolls in the app because the app is fully up to date and it's much easier than going through the FAQs. Um, and just particularly look at things like drill cannons uh, with their ranges and their damage profiles and things like the chemist ability. I mean, that's. Are there any other stats that change other than drill cannons? Um, these the skyhooks, the 
So not the light skyhooks, but the normal skyhooks on the on the Ender Riggers and Skywardens. Yeah. That was also damage three. Uh, was it? There's it's okay. D three now. Basically, uh, same with the ships. Anywhere where you see damage three, it's D three. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere. Um, I don't think there is any. Any drill cannon, any skyhook, great skyhook. Yeah. It's all damage D three. But there was there was a range increase on. I can't remember if it's the drill cannon or the sky hook on the ships. One of them is right. 18 inches in the book. And I think it was, there were some that were actually increased to 24. I can't okay. remember. I mean, really, to be honest, the shooting on the ships doesn't make much difference anyway. <laughs> um, um, throughout the Thunder of War scroll, because that's yeah, totally the, new. The whole Thunder um, Yeah. Particularly the range on the mortars and how many weapons you can take in a Thunderous unit. Yeah. Although new special rules for all the weapons. Uh, so yes. all the weapons have special rules. You kind of fire them in sequence. Uh, it's mortar, um, deck sweeper, cannon, and they all give each other bonuses yeah. if they keep hitting and wounding. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, basically the the Thunderers. The way it used to work when the when they originally came out was you you've got five guys in a unit at least, and they're always multiples of five. And when it first came out, you could have all of the guys in the unit could have the same special weapon. They could all have paper cans or they could all have mortars. Now they can only have one of each except for the rifles. The rifles you can have as many as you want. Yep. Um um, on the um, subject of mortars, they are just terrible. Just ignore them. Never build a mortar. Don't even worry about the fact that they can potentially buff the deck sweeper because they are so bad, it's just not worth it. Because no. I think what hits they... on fours, it's one shot, hits on fours, wounds on threes. Yeah, um... No neg, damage D3. It's never going to do anything. Yeah. Um, and it's only 12 inch range um, as opposed to the 36 that's in the original battle tome yeah the, the mortar is the mortar has a shorter range than the rifle explain that yeah. Uh, yeah, there is no explanation is there um, um, the, yeah so go for all the war scrolls the, the most important FAQs to abilities are the chemist, um, because the way that's originally worded, you can have three chemists and all three of them can buff the same unit. You can't, uh, yeah, a, a, uh, basically, a weapon can only ever be buffed once by one chemist. Yep. Um, the other most significant change is the change to barracks ilfin. So when you the way it used to work was you uh, you could move the ship in the hero phase and then disembark your troops from the ships. Um, yep. And what the FAQ means is that disembarking now happens at the beginning of the hero phase. So because it happens at the beginning of the hero phase, you can't do anything else in the hero phase before your troops disembark unless that also states that it happens at the beginning of the hero phase um so 
yeah, that's very important because it used to be that you could move the ship, then disembark some stuff, and then all your stuff would be in range. Your riggers would have a nice, easy move and charge, and now you can't. Um, yep. Any um, other really significant epic? Oh, the loop. Uh, uh, Barak Nah, yeah. So it, it specifically says, like, it's in the Tactica section of the Battle Tome of, hey, if you do this combo, which is take a loop and uh, the Aethersite loop and Barak Nah, you can get three dispels on 3d6 for one turn. So basically, you can mm-hmm. shut down a magic phase. Um, and then they went ahead and said, ah, nah. No. Nah, that just gives you. Uh, it'll give you three dispels in one turn with two d six. Yeah. Yay. I think they're the most important. Oh, and grapnel hooks. I yeah, grapnel hooks being changed a bit. There's a bit of debate on those on how yeah on how they actually still work because. Um, the way the grapnel hook works is at the end of the shooting phase, um, you roll a die on a four plus. You can use the grapnel hook, and you target a terrain piece or a model with ten or more wounds, and then you can you then move the unit directly towards that terrain piece. Um, now, the way it was originally worded in the battle tone was you didn't have to move. Uh, directly it was well you could you move towards the terrain piece but it didn't say which part of the terrain piece so you could sound targeting that part of the terrain piece if it was within 24 inches and you know the, slightly the, adjust your course yeah. yeah or you yeah or you could say i'm targeting the back end of the terrain piece and then moving on to it but you can't do that anymore you move towards the closest part of the terrain piece from the model yep. with the grapnel and then move all your units directly towards that point um the other key thing they changed was they basically say it says now that you can't use this when you're within three inches of enemy models or pass within three inches of them. The important thing about that is it means you can't use it when you're in combat to retreat without retreating. And right. then there's also debate because you used to be able to do that, you used to be on within. Oh inches and I'll target a terrain piece and move my riggers out of a bad combat situation. You can't yeah. do that anymore. And the thing where there's some debate is whether you can fly over a, a screening unit. Um, essentially, the way it's written says you can't do it, but then the core rule says if you're a flying model, you treat that unit as if it doesn't exist. So can you go within three inches or something that doesn't exist? Um, it's is the debate. Yeah, it's badly written. Um, it's a new, discussions for later. If you, it, if you play it as if you can't do it, you'll never get on the bad side of someone. Um, and pretty much. Yeah. So I think one thing that I would like to talk about is that a lot of people seem to get confused about with their new to the army is the way disembarking and embarking works. So, yeah. Um, and also um, the way grap- grapnels work um, with sky riggers and how they disembark and embark, because I think people use some terms interchangeably and that creates some confusion because they, they talk about sky riggers grappling onto ships 
and then that gets a bit confusing confused with the grapnel hooks so uh, okay yeah. well yeah basically you have to disembark at the very start of your hero phase first thing you do in the hero phase is disembarking um mm. However, because uh, with Zilfin, uh, the way the Deep Strike, uh, the Aesospheric Endrims work, that also happens at the start of the hero phase, so you can still come down and get out. Yep. But uh, yeah, start of the hero phase, you get your models out anywhere within three inches. So all their bases must have a small part of their base within three inches of that yes. ship. So you can actually kind of get out. It's within, a not only further. within. Yeah. yeah. So you can get out um, a little bit further, like you can get another inch or so with some of the bigger bases, like the, the Sky Wardens and the Thunderers. Um, yeah. And then after that, they can move and act as normal, unless they came down from with Aetherspheric Endrins, in which case they can't move. Still yeah. charge, though. Yes, and can still use grapnels. Um, so, um, and then the difference... And basically, the way it works is each ship has a capacity, and yep. you can have as, have as many models in the ship up to that capacity. And then, beyond their capacity, they have an over like they can be overburdened by five. And however many models you're overburdened by, you lose one inch of movement, which yep. sounds bad, but it doesn't really make any difference because you lose one inch of movement based on how many models are in the ship when you move the ship but because you disembark in the hero phase which is before the movement phase when you actually come to moving your ship you probably won't have any models in it um yeah so that doesn't make um, any difference and ender riggers and sky wardens and brock Gunson don't mm. count at all towards either of those two values so you can have yeah infinite amount of balloons in like a frigate and it won't count as overburdened It'll, it can move as normal mm-hmm. and you then in your turn you can get out a hundred endon riggers out of that boat if you really wanted to yeah so yeah because and um, that is not linked in any way to grapnel launchers it's a completely separate thing it's just a thing on the Sky Riggers uh, War Scroll and on Brock Grunson's War, War Scroll, that they just don't take up space in the ships. Yeah. Um, um, I think embarking also happens at the start of the hero phase, doesn't it? No, it's in their movement phase. Oh, um, okay. So, I mean, essentially, you don't need to worry about how embarking works because you will likely never do it. Once you're, no, not really. Once, once you're basically the other thing the ships have on their war scrolls, they have a thing, a rule called setup, and it's just an ability that basically says when you set up the ship, when you deploy the ship on the table in your depo- in the deployment before the game starts, you can declare that Skyfarer units, and that's important. That's a the Skyfarer keyword. It's basically a keyword that all the Caldera and Overlords troops have. They're basically they use that keyword rather than caravan overlords, so you can't put a ship inside a ship. Um, <laughs> um, now that'd be a whole new level of clown car yeah, right there. That would be that would be interesting, um, and that basically means that you deploy your ship and then you say all these models are in it up until the capacity and the overburden limit, or if there's 
engine riggers or sky riggers or Brock Robson, obviously they don't count towards that limit. So, and that is one deployment drop. Yeah. It's, Which is very, very good. Yeah. And uh, yep. that's very useful. Um, so that's how that works. And then then in in your turn, in your hero phase, at the beginning, you'll disembark them, as Ron explained a little while, a little while ago. Um, there is one other important thing to note about the ships and the embarking and disembarking is what happens when your ship is charged and you've got a load of troops inside it still. Um, so there's two possible situations there. One is the ship survives, in which case you can still disembark. But when you do, or any models that disembark have to be more than three inches from enemy models. So depending on where, like what's charged them and stuff, you might be able to disembark. But it is a possibility that it's actually impossible to disembark your models um, because the ship is surrounded or surrounded enough that there's nowhere to put units uh within three inches uh, um, outside of three inches yeah uh which can lead to your entire unit dying yes just and i would oh, i should have double checked this before but i would say if you can't disembark a unit or all the models in the unit then you can't disembark that unit full stop um yeah if you've got a unit of 10 Arconauts, you can just disembark the Skyhook Arconauts. You just either... They either disembark or they don't. There's nothing to say that you can partially disembark a unit. You can't disembark yep. half a unit and then say the other half's dead. No, I don't know. They either no. disembark or, they're, or they stay embarked. Um, and the other situation is the ship dies. Um, which might sound really bad, but it's not as bad as you think. Because basically then, if the ship dies, you immediately try and disembark your models before. And the way you do this is you leave the model on the table, the ship, and then you try and work out whether you can disembark your models. Like if, if it's the ship's surrounded, you still can't. If the ship's not surrounded, say if it's been charged by a dragon that's killed it, and there's plenty yep. of space around it, then then you can start disembarking your models. Um, but you need to roll a dice for every model that disembarks. And on a roll of one, they die. Um, which, you know, it's one in six. It's better than everything in the ship dying. Um, yep. Infinitely, infinitely better, because they could have made it on a four plus or something. So, um, you know, one out of six isn't, isn't too bad. And the important thing is you don't get to choose which models die. You roll per model. So you, you kind of need to declare when you're doing it what model you're rolling for. You can't just say, I've got 30 models in the ship and roll 30 dice and then choose 30 Arcanauts to die. You need to say, I'm rolling for my chemist now. Roll a dice. Yeah. And he will... Um, if, if you roll that one, that chemist doesn't just take a wound. He's just, he's just dead. Gone. Yeah. Forever. Slain. Yeah. Um, and say if you have got a unit of Arcanauts you kind of need to roll for your captain and your uh, guys with special weapons separately because yep. you roll per model you don't roll uh, 
dice for the unit equal to the number of models in it. You roll per model, which means you could end up losing your, your skyhooks, unfortunately, or your yep. or, or or your or say like your engine rigger uh, leader, which has an extra sword attack. Yeah, um, which is a shame. But really, if you get to that situation, you've probably done something wrong, and you yeah. need to learn from it. And learn from it and try not to let it happen again. <laughs> unfortunately, basically, um, don't get charged. Yes, yes, unless the ship's empty, in which case, send it forward and don't worry. <laughs> because try to get charging... the ironclad charged by a flying unit. That's always fun. And, um, and the frigate. Get... If there, if there's if there's a unit of thirty Grimgrass, yeah, oh yeah, you don't mind. Put that <laughs> frigate right up front. Just 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 ask to be charged by those guys because it's yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Uh, and generally speaking, you mostly use your ships for deployment, just to decrease your drops and keep your models alive. Um, if you make your enemy enemy go first, and then and then disembark them all, and then beyond that, they can pretty much end up as basically meat shields, well, iron shields or whatever they're made out of. Um, so that's iron not pad. iron. I'm pretty sure they're made of aluminium with those armor saves. Yeah, paper, obviously. Um, but you, yeah, other than the ironclad, maybe you don't really need to worry about you. You're you're probably happier if people are charging your ships after all your troops are disembarked than if they're charging your troops. Because, yeah. And so you're generally what I would tend to do is I will then. Get the disembark my troops, and then in the movement phase, my ship will move in front of my troops to protect them. Um, maybe not with an ironclad, potentially, depending on what troops you've got there and stuff, and where your other troops are going. Because you know, like a unit of ten archonauts doesn't matter if that dies either. Um, but if you've oh, got really? a unit of twelve scouts, you want them protected. Um, oh yeah. Um, but then saying that if you've just got like a unit of riggers and then you they grapnel off somewhere, you might not have anything there to protect anyway. So you might you don't the ironclad you don't necessarily want to use it too much as a meat shield. But if it's a choice between that or your sky a big unit of sky wardens or engine riggers getting charged, then you choose the sky wardens to survive. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, uh, and, uh, I, I think really I have to basic thing we haven't covered. Oh, okay. Head off, sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's um, it's late anyway. We're going to talk for ages. I just wanted to quickly say, and it's a very quick thing: is when you build sky wardens and engine riggers, the way they work is the engine riggers are the melee unit, and the sky wardens are your shooting unit, and you generally Pretty build any of saws. And sky wardens with guns, because Although, there's no point. Uh, the guy, uh, the guy who won in Canada, um, he he was using them as both as shooting units, wasn't he? The well, the enemies. The enemies were all all swords and pistols. They were still all yeah. swords. The the yeah. thing to note about the enemies is 
those pistols are surprisingly good. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, the three shots, and then they're basically thunder weapons. Three shot thunder weapons. So, but you don't. There's no point building an engine rigger. Maybe you, there might be some corner case situations, but most of the time you wouldn't build an engine rigger with a drill cannon or a volley gun because you pay more points for engine riggers than you do for sky wardens. So if you want that gun, you might as well have a sky warden with the gun because it's cheaper. Yeah. All right, um, I've got to head off. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for uh, joining me. And thank you, everyone, that's been listening. Yeah. I think we covered everything now anyway. So, pretty um, much. If you, if there will be more to, episodes. Yeah. If you want to hear more about list building, the, we have covered, well, we did a whole, uh, pretty much a series on it, didn't we? Um, uh, there yeah. was a playlist. It yeah. Was, from before the latest Gen- General's Handbook, most of those, but a lot of the information in it is still gold. It's just the point changes make some things more viable now. Um, yeah, which we've also covered. Um, yeah, yes, in another story. And it, another place where you can get really good uh, extra detail on stuff is the faction focus you did with. Uh, Gary Percival and Ben Spinetti on AOS Coach. Yeah, um, yeah. So if you if you're looking for more detail on list building stuff, go 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 check out some of our other videos and and AOS Coach because he's got a great video on that. But, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was fun. All right, and thanks for having me, Alex. I shall see you soon. See you next time. Yeah.